0: Hey friends, in case you missed it, last week I announced a new workshop series from February to November. You are welcome to join one workshop or all the workshops. You are welcome to join them one at a time as you see fit or as fits in your schedule. I do have them priced at a sliding scale Um, for lots of reasons. So you're welcome to take advantage of that. And I also have a group discount for anyone who wants to purchase all 10 and just go for it and commit to meeting with me and whoever shows up to these amazing workshops um, for the entirety of the year. So there's my long short introduction before this week's podcast. I'll probably leave this in for a couple more podcasts until we get rolling. I'll also put a link um, in the show notes for a little while so that you can access those. But I'm really easy to find and you're really easy to private message. So if you're having any trouble, send me a message and we'll make sure you get what you need. Spread the word. Thank you for being here. And I love you all so much. All right. We are podcasting today with a guest who... Um, practices, something that I wish I practiced every day, but don't. (laughs) Maybe I will. Oh, actually, I went on to, I bought one of your courses today. (laughs) So maybe, maybe I will
1: practice every day. Which Um, one did you buy? The
0: Uh, It was like, yes.
1: Yeah. For stress and anxiety.
0: Stress and anxiety. That was my very
1: first online course. So
0: I just thought like, I I saw it and I was like, "Mm." hmm. A lot of stress and anxiety but it's kundalini so it'll be great so anyway <laughs> um, awesome. today's guest is valinda kakela and she and i connected and i was drawn to her kundalini practice um i am not someone who's um really ever fallen in love with yoga other than kundalini it was the only you know it was like one of those things if for any listeners who don't know Kundalini yoga, it is, I think, pretty different than most yoga practices. Very different. It's than pretty hobbies. different. Um, and I think it can scare a lot of people away. It's like um, it's intense in a really special way, and it just like it just really drew me in. Actually, um, here's a quick funny story. I was at an event, like a health fair kind of event, and someone there was offering like readings, like some kind of psychic reading. I don't even remember. I don't think it was like a tarot pull or like, I don't know. Anyway, she said, I feel like you need yoga. I feel like you need to move your body with yoga. And I was like, ugh, and I like kind of rolled my eyes. I'm like, I don't want to move my body with yoga. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then she said, it's like, I don't know what it is. It like starts with a K, like kuh, kuh, some kind of yoga. And I had just like two days before I had gotten an email from someone local who was like, I'm gonna run this Kundalini yoga class. And I was like, what is that? And so as soon as this reader said, like it's some kind of yoga, I was like, okay, I think I better join that
1: class. Oh my and god. That's okay.
0: Yeah. And so I don't Where know. Where are how- you locally? Where are you? I'm in Massachusetts. I'm in like the oh, okay. um, not in the city, I'm in the hills, so like western part of the state. Okay. Um I joined the class. There are not very many kundalini classes where I live and she's since stopped teaching. So I don't practice that way anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really immediately fell in love. I was like, Holy moly. Like that lady was right. I really did need kundalini yoga in my life. (laughs) So when I saw that that was one of the gifts that you give to women and one of the ways you work, um, like your healing practices I thought like, all right, well let's let's talk about Kundalini on the podcast. It may or may not be something interest like listeners are interested in seeking out, mm-hmm. but maybe they're like me and it's just gonna be one of those weird coincidence things and they listen to this podcast and go heal themselves with Kundalini.
1: <laughs> Who knows? i definitely healed myself with kundalini so, so yeah any good that's my i love 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 helping women and it's my passion to help people create peace daily in body mind and spirit so i do teach you know we did eight 40-day meditations last year
0: oh, wow.
1: <laughs> and we're on like our seventh this year so i have a free community where we support each other of over a thousand women oh. um, conversations with my soul sisters kundalini yoga meditation and wellness all right we will
0: link to that yeah definitely it's we have
1: so much fun in there and women just pose um and i always say you know if you're willing to sit down if you're willing to sit with yourself three minutes six minutes nine minutes or 11 minutes a day i can help you Mm -hmm. and it will help you yeah Yeah. it's a it's really a blessing this practice yeah, it felt like
0: a beautiful combination to me of I'm also not someone who sits and meditates right like I think I have a lot of meditative practices um I have a lot of ways that I connect with spirit that I connect with my inner voice but they're not like sit and meditate and so kundalini became this combination for me of like meditation and physical movement. And like, sometimes it felt like a workout, like like totally every cell in my body came alive. And so it was just a beautiful combination of all the things for my personality, I guess. Um, All right. Well, that was like, a lot of storytelling and chatter for me to get to the place <laughs> to say like, why don't you tell us like a little bit of your story and how you landed in Kundalini and, um, and then we can talk about what you might be able to offer to our listeners. Um, for,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Amanda. And for your work in the world, um, you know, being a doula and helping women, um, helping women heal after abortion or making, you know, making it, normalizing it yeah, so we can, yeah. we can love ourselves just as we are and move forward, you know, no matter what we've been through in our lives. And that's really what I'm passionate about. And I think what, um, you know, I was a gymnast and I was a dancer, so I've always been like super active, but I discovered yoga in 1994. Mm-hmm. So I actually got really into like the magazine yoga. So what you yeah. see, you know, yeah. we call it, Hatha hot, the yoga, hot, the yoga is what you see in the magazine. So the warriors and the down dogs and all that, what you do at the gym so I got into Hatha yoga in like 1994 and, and I joke about it now cause I'm like, yeah, I'd be hanging out in triangle pose, like thinking about what I was getting at the grocery store later. Like <laughs> I never, no one ever kind of told me to, you know, go inside and hmm. breathe deeply and focus on mantra. I didn't even know what mantra was. And in fact, I was living in Santa Barbara and I was a runner. And I would run by this yoga studio and I would hear them like, oh, and I remember being very intimidated by it. Yeah, like, oh my God, that's totally freak, freaky, man. I'm not going in there. So that was interesting because that was kind of my first introduction uh, in 1994. And then my, my dear friend was a desk yogi. We called her, she worked at the desk to trade for yoga and she invited me to come And so I got really into Ashtanga and Iyengar, which are like the two main fathers of modern yoga that, you know, Patabi Joyce and Iyengar are kind of the two main teachers that brought yoga to the West. Well, Paramahansa Yogananda as well. And then, um, so I was just practicing. I was working as a dance movement therapist uh, Mm -hmm. uh, in Santa Barbara. I got my master's in dance movement therapy at UCLA. So I've always been very movement oriented and love the idea of joining movement and therapy because um, that's what I got my master's in. And I started working in a hospital in Santa Barbara mm. um, as a dance movement therapist on the psych war- ward because that's where dance movement therapists work. We work with people with anxiety, yeah.
0: oh, wow. eating disorder,
1: mental illness, and help, really helping them be in their bodies is people, and, and you know there's kind of a saying that people, when you live a short distance from your body, like mm-hmm. you're not embodied, so yes. we really help people get in their bodies oh uh, as dance movement therapists. And Sharon Kant, she was my uh, my mentor in Santa Barbara, and she was into yoga. And she would say Namaste at the end of the movement therapy, and I was like, Oh, that is so cool! What does that mean? And she's like, Oh, it's what we say at the end of yoga class, and it's a greeting in India, and it means my soul honors your soul. Like mm-hmm. I see beyond your human form. And I was like, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> so that very much intrigued me. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then I just went along my merry way. I was doing, um, Hatha yoga and I decided to get certified in 1999 mm-hmm. <laughs> so like before yoga was even popular. I got certified, uh, with Erica Faith Kalig, who's in Kauai now where I was leading, um, Kundalini immersions before COVID mm-hmm. hit. Ah, we were doing um 50-hour immersions in Kauai Hawaii, which wow. was just so magical, wow. amazing. And, and we canceled twice this year. So mm. um, we just took it off the docket, which has just been devastating for me. But you know, COVID has brought me other gifts. And then I found kundalini. And I remember my first kundalini class. You know, here I am, this dance movement therapist, this Hatha Yogini. I go in and we put our hands on our shoulders, fingertips in front, thumbs in back, yes. and we were twisting left to right. So we were moving and we were breathing. And then she added this chant, right? Sat Nam, which means truth is my name. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and the I remember- this? Yeah, one of the things I said is I said, it was the first time I had had respite from my own Thoughts. Mm. My very first Kundalini class. Mm. And that was, that, around- yeah,
0: I forgot that yeah. it's been a while since I practiced, but I forgot that how important that was. That I am, I'm such a mind head person. And so there's so much thinking, thinking, thinking. And so yeah. that's the challenge for me with like a sort of more meditative, quiet yoga is like, I just, this brings me right there. I'm like, yes, I'm all in. I've like, I would have like crazy visualizations. Like I, it was so good. Like, but no other yoga, like I didn't never found the place where I could quiet my mind.
1: I know even in my Iyengar and my Ashtanga practice, I didn't quiet my mind really didn't occur to me until I found Kundalini. So we're working on the four aspects of the self, the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, all in one practice. So, you know, yoga is really eight limbs from Patanjali. If you look back from a scholarly point of view, yoga comes, you know, it's 5,000 year old from India. Mm -hmm. And Patanjali, Mm -hmm. the sage was the first guy who wrote it down. And there's literally eight limbs of yoga and asana, the postures are just one of the limbs. So it's pranayama, which is the breathing. It's dharana, which is the focus. It's dhyana, which is the meditation. Mm -hmm. It's, so it's all of these things. And kundalini for me, brought it all together into one practice So we chant, we move, we breathe, we meditate. So, we're doing all the things. <laughs> so, it's great for people with super active minds.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that is a perfect lead in to our audience because even people who haven't had super active minds <laughs> tend to after an experience like abortion because, well, because of a lot of things, but particularly, um, because of the stigma and the conversation and the, like all the different strong opinions coming from everywhere. And it's just a really different experience than healing from other things. Like I had a miscarriage. It's like, I, like, I can't even compare the two. Um, So I think that our minds are so much in a swirl after an abortion. We like don't know what just happened. We don't know who we are. We don't know how to move forward. And so, um, yeah, I think a practice like this can be so, so healing to, to
1: bring you back to Absolutely, society. because what, well, one thing we learn when we, we call it taking the seat, <clears throat> when we sit down to um, do our practice every day. And like I said, it can even be three minutes, the, the practice. Mm-hmm is we really learn how to accept ourselves just as we are. That is the mm-hmm. ultimate goal of yoga. The ultimate goal of yoga is to merge your finite with your infinite. So we come from the assumption that we all have a soul and we learn how to contact our soul every day, mm-hmm. to contact the our, the highest part of ourselves. We take mm-hmm. the seat and we listen to her and we acknowledge her. And so many people say uh, with their very first class, and I don't know if you had this experience, that they just started crying. Like Mm -hmm. they literally started crying because they hadn't sat down with themselves and really gotten quiet and listened to their heart or their body. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people have that experience, especially in Shavasana. So you see my whole practice area here, we're on video, but yeah. So I have a crystal bowl. I have a gong that I play Darren when people are resting at the end and people just have huge emotional releases because we hold so much in our bodies. And I say this a lot as a dance therapist, as a movement therapist, people say, oh, I'm working on my body mind connection. Well, you can't separate your body and your mind. They're inextricably interconnected. So everything that goes on in our minds affects our bodies if I don't know if you know Anita Morjani she wrote the book dying to be me no excellent book. I talk about it all the time in my classes because she had stage four cancer Mm. and she ended up leaving her body she was dying and she had this kind of of out-of-body experience and then she was given the choice whether to come back in her Mm, body or not wow and she had just this expansiveness and this amazing experience being out of her dis- diseased body. She came back in her body and she wrote a book about it called mm. Dying to Be Me, and the cancer was gone. <laughs> wow. So she said in this story, in her story, she says that disease actually starts in our aura. It starts outside of our body Mm -hmm. and it comes in based on you know our thoughts our emotions what we're going through how we're treating ourselves like all of that so we know this as yogis that it's important and that's not to beat ourselves up it's to acknowledge and to practice that awareness of just sitting and being with ourselves and loving Mm -hmm. ourselves just as we are and I have this beautiful mantra that we work in Kundalini and it's, it's in English <laughs> and uh, put your left hand on your heart and you lift your right hand, you know, as if you're receiving and you sing, I am the light of my soul. I am bountiful. I'm beautiful. I'm bliss. I am, I am. And women just sob. Yeah. Cause when do we say these words to ourselves? When do we practice being beautiful and acknowledging ourselves for all that we've survived and I mean generationally. Yeah. So our teacher told us that we when we start this practice, we actually heal the seven generations behind us and we affect the seven generations ahead of us. That's and I believe amazing. that I really believe that I, I feel my that. grandmother too. yeah I feel my grandmother and all her and just what we have gone through as women. It's just yeah. unbelievable.
0: Yeah, and I talk about that in this work a lot too. Is that you know it has been, abortion has not for seven generations, but for a few now been such a silent taboo, and that we can heal that when we when we speak up and when we heal and we when we go inward and when we share, um, and that we do that for our daughters and their daughters and their daughters. So that's a beautiful, beautiful blend. Um I was struck by what you said about contacting our soul, right? And that we mm-hmm. that we get to take a seat and listen to her in the practice. Um, I mean we can do that anytime, but
1: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, this, this is the tool. There are tons of tools out there. This just yeah. happens to be the best works for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that, that can be a way that we're able to to make that connection. And and I think a lot of people who choose abortion come to a place where they don't recognize themselves anymore. And it's this like, who was she? Like, who was that person who made that decision? And how can she feel so differently now than she did then? And I tend to attract a lot of women who don't regret their choice. They they know that they made it for the right reason. Um, they don't necessarily have a regret but there's so many questions and what ifs and confusions and I think any practice you can integrate into your life to connect back to your soul you know that that energy that helped you make that choice right like that was and I believe like that was part of the contract you came in with right it was like
1: I believe that to reconnect with that and yeah yeah Yeah, we really, we really focus on, as as I said, when we take the seat every day, or when we do our practice, it's an honoring of all parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel it. It's an honoring of to, to, to say I'm important, and I'm going to take time, even though I'm a busy, you know, I'm running my own business. I have my 16 year old daughter, you know, I'm, doing all this stuff. But I take that time every day. And through that process, what happens when we take time for ourselves every day to do, to do, and it can, and like I said, this just happens to be my path, but I I would say anything, you know, I'm going to go for a walk in nature. I'm going to go stare at the sky. I'm going to go hug a tree. I'm going to put my bare feet on the earth. I'm gonna, whatever it is that we take time to do that feeds our soul every single day, we begin to build self-esteem. We build Mm -hmm. ourselves back. So it's almost like this layering process that can happen because you're honoring yourself. And so many Mm -hmm. of us moms, and I don't know, you know, if a lot of people have kids out there, but I mean, it's just, you get put last constantly. Yeah, You put yourself to the side again and again and again and again. You push the emotions to the side, you push the worries to the side mm-hmm. because you gotta get, you gotta do what's right in front of you. Yeah. So taking this little bit of time every day for me, when, especially once I had my daughter is that I, I took that three minutes, six minutes, mm-hmm. nine minutes, seven, every day for 40 days, because we say it takes 40 days to change a habit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that idea of building your self-esteem. Through this oh, it's, modality, it's, through this connection, yes, like there it. are definitely a lot of moms listening, and they do put themselves last. So, um, much, much needed messages.
1: Can you yes, share-, I share? I actually share on my website. You know, in my story, in my main story, um, it, it's it's on YouTube, but um, Bay dot com is my website, and I share in my story how before. I became a mom before I, you know, did everything that I did. Now I could go to a yoga class. I could go do whatever I wanted to do, right? Like I, I was doing three 90 minute classes a week. And so the reason why Kundalini really works for me now, and even more so once I had my daughter, is that in 15 minutes a day, I can do, I can do a practice that sets me. It's just like, it's like pushing reset or, you know, rebooting your computer. That's all it is, It's just resetting yourself. I love that. Does your daughter practice? She she... did so much, but now she's 16. She doesn't want anything to do with yoga. No, she's a dancer though.
0: She's on a competitive dance. Beautiful, beautiful. I did take my, I think she must've been 14 at the time. I took her to a class. She was a real trooper. She definitely like, she, she, she went, she did it. She went in, but Kundalini. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And,
0: um, but she was like, yeah, no,
1: I'm not doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. My daughter knows all the chants and, you know, cause I've been doing it her whole life. I mean, yeah. I was getting certified. I got my first certification in Kundalini. I've done at least 10 teacher trainings and mm-hmm. now I train
0: teachers, yeah but yeah.
1: Yeah. I was doing my prenatal training when I was pregnant with her. Nice. So it's in her cells, it's in her bones. Yeah, so she, of course. Can't, she can't escape it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can you share a little bit more um, about your personal story and overcoming, you know, I, I think what you said in your video on your website was like, there was definitely depression and anxiety. I, I'm, I know you said anxiety, but I, I'm pretty sure you said depression as well. Um, oh, so you watched it I did watch that video oh my god okay I did. um and and I think it when you're in it when you're in the thick of the yucky parts it can be hard to imagine that there's something could that could change your life so maybe you could speak to that a little bit and and what that transition is like to see that light come back in is how Like my brain is imagining it.
1: (laughs) Sometimes you need to get your head above the water. So the first thing I would say, if you are experiencing depression and anxiety, if it's debilitating, get to a therapist, you know, there's so many online therapists now that you can, um, get into therapy as soon as you can, especially if you're having suicidal thoughts or anything like that. It's really important. But I really think yoga and meditation, and especially Kundalini, there's a, there are actually psychiatric books on it now, and we have studies coming out of UCLA that it really, really helps. So once you get your head above the water and you can actually mm-hmm. sit down and do a practice, because right. you know when you're super depressed. I mean, I've had <clears throat> times where I like couldn't get out of bed, you know, when I was younger, and 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 I actually didn't realize how bad my anxiety was mm, until it down yeah I didn't realize like oh my god I've been living with anxiety my entire life like how did I manage um so yeah that was a big realization um Mm. and I think definitely get medication help if you need to like I'm totally anything that's going to help you get your head above the water. And then you can kind of start doing things that bring you joy. Cause some people, I, I mean, probably in the thick of my depression and, you know, I tried St. John's wort, I did acupuncture, I did all the natural stuff. <clears throat> and uh, I was on antidepressants for a while. I was on Lexapro mm-hmm. for, uh, I think like 20 mil- milligrams of Lexapro I was on. Maybe, maybe like two years now that I mm-hmm. think about it. Yeah. Yeah it really helped me get my head above the water. Yeah. So I'm really I'm not one of those yogis that thinks, oh, you gotta do everything all natural. Like I I really believe in both um, you know, using using Western medicine and eastern medicine.
0: Yeah,
1: that's beautiful. I
0: appreciate that. I very much appreciate that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, because if you're super, super depressed, there's no way you're gonna sit down and do a yoga practice like F that
0: you know? (laughs) You spoke to it a tiny bit, but can you, like, can you look back at who she was and, and see how, how different your life is now? And like, you know, that transition, like, is it hard to recognize who she was before she found? Yeah, it's interesting.
1: (laughs) Because I just started an online yoga teacher training Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm trying to remember, like, 20 some years ago when I, 26 years ago is when I started yoga and I really have never stopped because it, I mean, I don't want to say, I I heard someone say it recently and I almost don't even want to say it, but it was like, oh my God, like I use yoga. Like is my crutch. Like it's, Mm. it's, I take the seat every day. I do my practice. I'm you know, I told you we did eight 40 day meditations last year and I lead them. So I have to do them. Like I don't get, yeah. I don't get to not post for the day. Oh, right. I didn't do my meditation today. Right. Like, right, I do it no matter what. And there's a whole nother thing that comes with that, you know, 30 years later, but, um, looking back, it's hard for me. And I, and, and, my, my beginners have to remind me sometime, like my beginning, um, teachers, like they're yeah. Valinda. This is a lot, and and you know what if I what if I'm not going to sit down and do my practice every day and and it's interesting because they haven't even started their forty I'm like you got to do a forty day sadhana as part of your training like you have to do it and they're like what you know so um and I think for me it's just it's become such a part of my being that I can't imagine my life without it yeah yeah beautiful. And I was probably dancing. I was doing other stuff when I was, you know, back then I was running. I've always been, you know, I was a gymnast. I was a dancer. Like I, I, I've always had some physical outlet because it's really important for me to move my body. Like yeah. I have to move my body. I work at a gym. I work out with a trainer. Like that's part of my, my makeup.
0: Yeah, yeah, So awesome. Well, is there anything else you feel like one of the listeners of this, of this community needs to hear anything you want to send or that's being sent to you to share or
1: whatever that have looks like. Do you know, have compassion for yourself and mm-hmm. think of the, every day, you know, do something kind for yourself, mm-hmm. even if it's you know putting your hand on your heart and, you know, taking three deep breaths, any mm-hmm. little like I think sometimes we have these ideas of what self-care is supposed to look like. And it's this big thing, you know, like people will say, well, I can't start my daily yoga practice because I have to get a room and I have to get my pillows and I have to get my sheepskin. And I'm like, no, you don't. I did my practice this morning sitting on the couch. Yeah. (laughs) Like we have all these ideas of what's, you know, Mm. what uh, interest and, and Instagram, what self-care looks like when, Really stepping outside, taking your shoes off, standing on the earth, looking at the sky, and taking three deep breaths. I know it's probably snowing where you are, but <laughs> not yet. Oh my goodness! <laughs> okay. but in LA, you know that's what we do. And you know, taking just really having compassion for yourself and doing one thing a day, yeah, to really care for yourself. Calling a friend or. I don't know, drinking you know, get the really... water. <laughs> yeah, drinking water, you know, without it being like that thing to check off your list, you know, that one more thing, but really just um, taking three deep breaths, mm-hmm. Yeah. left hand on your heart and just saying, mm-hmm. you know, I got you, I see you. You know breathing into whatever comes up for you in, in mm-hmm. you know throughout the day if we could just allow that allow 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 mm.
0: yeah allow beautiful all right well unless you want to um close us out with a beautiful chance <laughs> we could wrap it up but i'm not opposed
1: <laughs> okay. I would love to share. I am the light. I have this. Yeah. But the, they can't see, so I can't do any movement, right? So it's well, just you can. It. They will feel it, but they will not see it. <laughs> Let me see. I, I love this. I am the light of the soul. And it's mm-hmm. the it's actually the mantra for self esteem. And it's in my group. Oh, it's totally perfect. Crazy. They want to come in the group and see it. Kundalini uh, really um conversations with my Soul Sisters, Kundalini Yoga, Meditation and Wellness. So let me see if I can um, pull it up. I am the light of my soul videos. Let's see, it's gonna be on my phone, so it may not sound great.
0: Well, if it sounds terrible, we can cut it out, but yeah, let's listen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't ready for this, sorry.
0: Do you have favorite artists?
1: I do, I do. I have many. Um, mm-hmm. Jay Jagdish is one of my many favorites.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the, the names are kind of hard. Sanatam Kar, yeah. she's amazing. Um, who else? Uh Jin let's see. Okay, so this is Gurudas. Das. <laughs>
0: Beautiful, I love it. Are there any really good Spotify playlists?
1: You know, I bet there are. Did <laughs> one in my group? Mm. In my, um, I'm in a group called Kundalini Yoga Independence.
0: Yeah.
1: And someone posted their. I, I'm not on Spotify. Yeah. So, okay.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there are though. I bet there are. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, we'll link up so people can find you if they're interested. Um, as I always say, just keep looking, like keep looking for the thing that suits you, that speaks to your soul, Absolutely. that makes you feel recharged. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And who knows, I never would have thought Kundalini would, would be my thing, but now I now I really want to get back to it. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And we, like I said, we do these, this is so movement therapy, you know, this, um, these things that we do, it's called celestial communication. So it's Mm -hmm. communicating with your angels. So it's using Um, these, these ancient mantras. So we get our mantras from the um, Sikh tradition, the Siddhi Guru Granth Sahib, which is the holy book of the Sikhs. So you'll see a lot of Kundalini teachers like in turbans and the white. So they're, they're actually, that's their religion. They're Sikh. I'm not Mm -hmm. Sikh. Yeah. But um, it's from that religion, The yeah. a lot of the mantras and the chants that we use from um, Gurmukhi is the language. So
0: Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I think we gave people lots to think about and, and explain.
1: Thank you, Amanda. Right, it's great. Have to a good you. evening. You too. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing,